Can you please join me in praying a Hail Mary? Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. I don't know what kind of town that you grew up in, but I grew up in a town of 3,000 people. And um, it's very normal in my hometown for parents to hand the keys over to the high schoolers, high school kids, and just let them get drunk. It was a very normal thing. Um, and the town was, was known for that being like what, how you imitated or how you handed on, I would say, virtue or excellence. And often, um, most of us, we just never thought of another way to live. We just wanted to be the next one to hand on the party scene or what have you. Uh, but during my sophomore year of high school, one of, the, one of the seniors who just graduated went to a local community college, and that's what, what happened that night. They handed out the keys, but then he drove somebody home in a different town over, and when he came back on his own, the, the road veered, and then he veered off the road, and he died that night. The following year, to memorialize that, a large group of people, some younger than him, some older than him, got together and they thought it'd be a good idea to memorialize him by slamming a bunch of beers. And then they formed a line of cars and drove past his, not his grave site, but where he, his car crashed. I, fr- I firmly believe they were, they were trying to, to grieve, but most likely they just didn't know how. Like, like many students on campus, uh, I think we just simply don't know that there's another way to live. Some people think it's just the hookup culture, it's just drinking, it's just you name it. And it's so important for us to take healthy action. You know, when healthy action um, doesn't happen, like doubt immediately comes in and insecurities are, are just validated right away. But what action does is it cures fear. And often when grieving, one can slip and slide into depression if one doesn't take healthy action. Like one action to take when somebody dies is to grieve. Like when, we, when I went to that funeral uh, of that gentleman who passed away, like that was the first time I ever lost somebody that I knew that was close to me. He's my brother's best friend. And also as we grieve, like one thing I wasn't taught was it just takes time. You know, in our second reading today uh, from St. Paul of Thessalonians, St. Paul says some beautiful words. I just want to unpack that a little bit. But he says, You know how one must imitate us. Rather, we wanted to present ourselves as a model for you so that you might imitate us. Often for a lot of us, we were just not given examples of anything worthy to imitate. So we went base and we looked at just like kind of a a low, low bar. I think for a lot, again, a lot of people, they just just don't know that there's another, another way to live. I often think that some of us have never been shown a better way to live, um, and we're also unaware of how much our, our friends or our, our peer group affects us. I love this quote, and I just want to say it twice to you to kind of let me let it sink from your head to your heart. But it, the, the quote says, you show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That means if you have friends that are virtuous, that are holy, guess what you're going to become? But if you have friends that are in the hookup culture, you have friends that are, you know, bouncing back and forth, like guess what you're going to do? Same thing. Like one of the hardest realizations, I would argue, is when you realize you don't have any friends. It took me until I was 25 to realize I didn't have any friends. 
Because when the, when the beer was gone, or the girls were gone, or the ball was gone from sports, so were they. Like a true friend cares about your salvation. They love you so much that they'd actually desire to be re- reunited with you after you die in heaven. True friends do that. So tonight, what I'd like to do is just to unpack um, and share some insights. How do I grieve with hope? And the, one of the best writings for that is from St. Paul. Um, he says in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, 4, he says, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. You know, one of the reasons why St. Paul goes to Thessalonica is because he just made a really good friend and that friend left and became, as they say, enamored with the world. You know, his eyes got fixed on something that wasn't God. And St. Paul talks about, you know, people have fallen asleep or you could say become numb or desensitized to the reality of Jesus rising from the dead. So it's a really important as St. Paul lost a friend, maybe just ask yourself, do I choose friends who are enamored with the world or enamored with Jesus Christ? And also, do I have toxic relationships that are just pulling me away from any sense of hope? Like if you, you and I were to hang out and I said, hey, hey, show me your friends. Like, are your friends leading you to heaven or are they leading you to hell? And even just ask yourselves before you maybe even look at your friends, like, am I leading others to heaven or am I leading them to hell? <coughs> Because the thing is, guys, there's only one end. Some people say, like, like, Father, that's kind of mean to say that. Well, when you die forever, either you're going to end up completely with God, fullness of relationship in heaven, or completely absent of him and isolated and abandoned and in hell. I think it's so important to, to know that, like, hell is, you know, way worse than you and I could ever imagine. But that also means that heaven is infinitely better than you, you and I could ever imagine, too. Like St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.9, I love this line. It's a, there's a song about it. I don't really like the song, but you've probably heard it. You've been to church before, but it says, Eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. Like if we knew or just like took time to think about how amazing heaven's going to be, like you wouldn't trade anything for it. And for those of us who do find hope in the resurrection, like we're called to, and, and com- actually commissioned, sent, to live lives worthy of imitating. And why is this so important? Because as, as, as Jesus says in John 6, 37 through 40, um, he says to a crowd. So imagine I'm Jesus, which I know I look nothing like him. Um, he says, everything that the Father gives, gives me will come to me. And I will not reject anyone who comes to me because I came down from heaven, not to do my will, but the one of the one, will who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, says Jesus that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life, and I shall raise him on the last day. Like, that's so hopeful. That means if you come to Jesus, he will never reject you. 
So many times we hear people say those kind of things, but that means Jesus is offering or re-offering some of us to go into a deeper relationship with him or even just to start with him. That means you got to take action tonight and to choose hope, to have eternal life, especially for those of us who have lost loved ones. Again, all of us are going to die. One and one die. But the Catholic Church believes is so hopeful. That means what we believe is when you and I die, we will all be face to face before God. And he's going to ask you, do you want to be with me forever or not? And if you say yes, then he'll ask you, so who did you bring with you? How many friends did you make? And he'll ask you, did you tell them about the hope that I offer? One thing I I ponder often is how each person is made in God's image and likeness. And how in that person you you can get a foretaste of the love of God. But God places certain people in our lives to actually give a sneak peek of heaven. Just to show us how much God loves us. Unfortunately, the evil one does the same and wants us to live lives us just completely hopeless. So it's hell on earth instead of heaven on earth. I, I just think it'd be strange, like if, if God puts someone in my life who's made in his image and likeness, who can actually give me a foretaste of heaven and say, when they die, oh yeah, you can never see them again and you can never talk to them again. I'll never be able to talk to my mom or my dad when they die or my grandparents who've all passed. Like that sounds so hopeless but that's not Catholic teaching. Like being Catholic is, is great. And I love being Catholic. And this whole month of November is actually devoted just to mourning and grieving the loss of loved ones because the pain doesn't go away. And it's, the question is, well, if it doesn't all, always go away, like how do I grieve with hope? How do I grieve with hope? But not even just hope, but great hope. Like the first thing is a healthy action step is, is to just allow yourself to grieve. Like when Jesus lost his best friend, Lazarus, it says Jesus wept. Like it's very human to cry. And for the gentleman in here, like we've been told our whole lives, you're, a, you're weak or you're a, a word I can't say here, if you cry. Like how in the world could I not cry if I lost my mom or my dad who loved me or someone who loves me? That just doesn't make any sense. But again, this is um, going to break your heart. Because again, the love of God was present in that person. This is a lot easier said than done. And some people just to grieve with hope. Uh, it's just to express their, their sorrow. They wear black. Saying that this is just going to take some time for me. And that's actually a beautiful thing. Now, not that I'm biased or anything like that. I wear black every single day um, as a priest. But that actually represents my death to the world. I don't, I don't live for this world. I live for heaven. And also it should be to you is just that at, like when you see a priest, like my first thought should be, I shouldn't be afraid. If you're afraid of me, like that's not the point. Um, but my first thought should be, is my soul ready for heaven? Is my soul ready for heaven? And if not, then I should go to confession. Like it's an honor to hear confessions. And if we think too much about ourselves, the devil just starts playing tricks on us. The second thing to grieve is, is, is just to take time to grieve with great hope. I just want to offer some points on that. Like, like when someone dies, or maybe you've lost a loved one, 
Like we should be asking the question, where are they? Or where are you? Like we pray and hope they're in heaven. And what gives us hope in heaven is is the fact that Jesus conquered sin and death. They don't have any power over him. Um, Like sin and death were not a part of God's plan. And that's hopeful because Jesus conquered that. And also what gives us hope is the fact that like in, in the Eucharist, which will be here in a second, like when I call down the Holy Spirit, like all the angels and saints come down with Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. That means all of our lost loved ones who are in heaven, they commune with us. And our God is, is so incredibly merciful and incredibly patient, uh, more than you and I could ever imagine. Like the Catholic Church teaches that you can still talk to your lost loved ones because they're more alive in heaven than they are on earth. Like we're still sinners here, right? Um, and that, that became very real for my mom when she lost her mom while I was in seminary. There's a really old priest, we we're, were at daily mass, and he just said, I feel like some of you are really grieving the loss of loved ones. And he said, every time I called on the Holy Spirit, upon the bread and the wine, and when they're changed into the body and blood of Jesus, all of the angels and saints come with. He said, even your lost loved ones, who we believe to be in heaven. And that just gave my mom so much hope because my mom's a convert. She wasn't Catholic her whole life. And it just filled so much hope in her heart. And it's also important that in that grieving process, like to know that tears actually bring hope. If we hold them in, you know, usually we have like an ugly cry. That's what I did at my, my friend's funeral. Wasn't very proud of that one. Um, but it's, 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 again, you're not weak if you cry. Like that's, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Like, again, how could you not cry if you lost someone that you loved? What gives us hope also is, is the scriptures, right? The scriptures offer us hope. What gives us hope is, is the lives of the saints, these people, again, that we, we talked about last week, a few of them with the Marian consecration. Like, you can actually detach from, from the, the sins of this world. You can actually be set free. And you can talk to them, too, and ask them, could you help me with this particular sin or this particular thing? And also it's important that you and I grieve from the heart. Often priests, we do funerals. We do that for their pose of the soul to get that soul from, from if they're in purgatory into heaven. And we offer a funeral mass. And often um, one thing that, that Catholics are, are not that good at is we, we, quit, we quit praying. We, we kind of canonize someone too soon. We think, oh yeah, 100%, they're in heaven. Um, but if you don't know, if you've not, if you've not prayed for like a clear sign, which you should absolutely do, um, like you should pray for that soul. And if that soul gets from from purgatory into heaven, like they're gonna pray for you like mad crazy. And like one of the most loving things you can do is is pray for their soul, but actually pray for their soul until they haunt you. Like to not quit praying and 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 don't be afraid to ask God for signs. Like are they in purgatory? Or are they in heaven? Like for my grandma, my mom's mom, who I told you about earlier when she passed, uh, she, she loved cardinals. And when she passed, I, I had priests all <coughs> over the place offering masses for the repose of her soul. And then eventually we just started seeing cardinals around. And we saw a male cardinal, which is like way more beautiful than female cardinals. I don't know why God did it that way, but it's just the way it is, right? 
Uh, but it was just a sign for us to keep praying for her, her to come say hi, of saying, like, you know, heaven's going to be worth it. Also had people who, who play the guitar, and, and then they pass. And then people see guitar picks, like, everywhere. Like, the Lord will send you signs. And it's, and it's okay to pray for signs, too. And lastly, I would say it's really important that you and I grieve with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Like, it's so consoling to pray the rosary and, and, and to pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet. You know, and also, you know, to offer a mass for the repose of the soul of a, of a loved one. And if you, if you haven't ever, if you have a loved one that you don't know if a, a mass has been offered, like, please come to me. I would be honored to offer a mass for the repose of their soul. You know, often people uh, put up pictures of their lost loved ones and it's, it's okay to like show physical signs of affection just to touch the picture and to say, Grandma, I miss you. Or Dad, I miss you. Or if you're, if you're sibling, I miss you. And just to thank God for the blessings that they gave you. You know, there's, there's the prayer that we do at, at, at the free meal on Tuesday after we do our meal blessing prayer. We say, may the souls of the faithful departed to the mercy of God rest in peace. We never forget them. There's a new popular devotion. If you, if you uh, haven't heard of it, it's called the, the Seven Sorrows Rosary. Just to mourn at all the major grieving points in the Blessed Virgin Mary's life. To know that you're not alone. And lastly, like, what, what gives us hope is very simple. It's like God loves you and he wants to be with you forever. But he also calls us out of his friendship with him to be good friends to others. That can lead other souls to heaven, to show them another way. And to do what's necessary to take healthy action steps. And last week we started that process of just doing a few renunciations, renounce the spirit of hopelessness, and the spirit of confusion, I think sometimes we're actually, we're actually afraid. Like, if I actually put God first, like, what are other people going to say about me, right? And, like, will I be rejected by others? And sometimes we, when we lose a loved one, we also, we get mad at God. We feel like we're abandoned. So I just want to close with, with, just, with just rejecting and renouncing again uh, the spirits of abandonment. And then rejection and fear. And as I'm doing this, like we're, we're asking for all of the holy souls in purgatory to pray for us uh, so we can grieve with hope. See so if you could please join me in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And please repeat after me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that I am alone, that no one understands me, or cares for me. I renounce the lie, I renounce the lie that, I am unprotected, that I am unprotected and that God has completely abandoned me. I renounce the lie that I'll never be able to speak to my lost loved ones again. In Jesus' name, I announce the truth that Jesus himself promised me I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I will be with you always till the end. I announce the truth that I am connected and understood and deeply cared for. I announce the truth in Holy Communion at Mass. I am united with Jesus Christ. 
and the communion of the saints. And the communion of the saints. They are always with me. They are always with me. So I am never alone. So I am never alone. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. I renounce the lie. I renounce the lie. That I am unloved. That I am unloved. And unlovable. And unlovable. I renounce the lie. I renounce the lie. That I am not wanted. Not desired, not desired, and not good enough. And not good enough. I renounce the lie. I renounce the lie that I am not worth dying for. That I am not worth dying for. That I am damaged goods. That I am damaged goods. And God can't save me. And God can't save me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I announce the truth. I announce the truth. That by the virtue of my baptism. That by the virtue of my baptism. I am a beloved son or daughter. I am a beloved son. Of the, Father. of the Father. I announce the truth, that he loves me so much, that Jesus gave his life for me, and that there is no greater love possible. I announce the truth, that the love of God has been poured out into my heart through the Holy Spirit. I announce the truth, that I am loved, valued, wanted and desired, and that I am precious in the Father's eyes. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce the lie that if I trust, I will be hurt, disappointed or die. In the name of Jesus Christ, I renounce all fear Anxiety, mistrust and distrust. I renounce the lie that I am not safe and not protected. I announce the truth that God is my rock and fortress, my deliverer and protector. Therefore, I choose to fear God more than men. I announce the truth that the Lord is on my side and I will not fear. I announce the truth that God's perfect love casts out all fear. Therefore, I am safe and secure. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.